Hi friends, welcome to Growing as Grown Ups, where we believe each of us has the opportunity to keep growing in ways that can fundamentally improve our life effectiveness, our leadership influence, and our well-being. Through interviews, stories, and practical principles, we explore how you can accelerate your growth and unlock your potential to make the difference you want to make. And now, your hosts from The Leaders Lyceum, Dr. Sarah Musgrove and Dr. Keith Eigel. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Growing as Grownups podcast. Sarah, really fun interview for part two, as you'll say in the interview with Dr. Nancy Pop from Boston. Yeah, it was fun to get to meet her and to get to have a conversation with her on the heels of your conversation that I got to be curious about the things that came up that you guys talked about that I was like, let's let me ask some more. Let me ask different questions. Let me go down a different path. And, and, you know, my, my bent in life is always to try to make things as, as applicable and practical as possible. And so that was really my heart in going into the conversation with her is how to take everything that she knows. She's such an expert in this field of adult development and how to understand and how to assess and how to coach in this area and say, this is so complex people are so complex. What are the things that we can hold on to that are useful and helpful in the work that we do and in the leadership influence that our listeners want to have? And so it was really fun to hear her advice, her strategies, her thoughts on all of that. Yeah. And I hope uh, that for those of you that are listening, this whole series has, I think, definitely had a little bit more probably of an academic and theoretical bent to it. And, um, but as Sarah just mentioned, anything that captures the complexity of who we are as people sort of necessarily has to be complex itself. And, you know, Nancy is the first guest that we've had on like back-to-back episodes and not just dividing an hour-long conversation into two 30-minute segments. It's like almost two full, two full hours with Nancy, a little bit shy of that. And the thing that I love about about Nancy is that is that she more than anyone else I know has spent 35 years with really this as her singular focus right Um, there have um, been other people who have done so much practicing of this out in the world or teaching other things and but it was 28 years ago or something that Nancy taught me the subject-object interview method. And um, the thing that was really fun for me in listening to the interview with you is that is that me and Carl Kuhner and some others have been your primary frame of reference where Nancy was kind of like my, Nancy yeah. and, and reading Keegan and a few meetings with him, he was my primary frame of reference and kind of like the game of telephone, um, <laughs> there, there are things that get lost in the translation. And, and, and that was really fun for me. So, so folks, we're going to go ahead and let you listen to this um, interview. And Sarah and I will come back at the end of this and um, give you our thoughts on some of the really key, fun, quotable points in this interview. Welcome back to the Growing is Grown-Ups podcast, Dr. Nancy Pop. I believe you, I don't believe, I know, you are the first guest that we have had on two episodes. So we are excited to have you back to kind of extend what we talked about with you in the last episode. So thank you for making more time for our listeners. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Well, last time you and Keith, I gave him a hard time that you guys kind of geeked out on constructive developmental theory, adult development, (laughs) vertical development, the subject object interview, all that stuff, which is really fun for those of our listeners who love kind of the academic side of things. Right. But I always want to try to find the practical application of everything. And so that's kind of what we're talking about today. Right. And in constructive developmental theory, which is what all of this is based in the model of adult development. These are all really complex theories. I mean, we were just talking about this. I've been working in this space for 10 years and I still have a hard time Mm -hmm. wrapping my head around it. And, you know, it would be great if we could get everybody trained up in the subject object interview so that we could kind of know clearly where everybody that we interact with is is on the journey, but that's a process. And so 
kind of what I want to talk to you today about is, you know, thinking about our listeners who are leaders who are out there in the midst of it, trying to have influence with people, trying to grow themselves. Mm -hmm. What applications can we make for them? So I just want to start out by asking you, why do you think it's valuable for people to understand this model in general? Mm-hmm. What, what yeah. value comes from them knowing that there is this process of growth that we go through? Yeah, 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 that's a great question. And I think um, I sort of have two different answers. One is that it goes way back, and I probably was talking about this with Keith, I said Keith, Keek when I was geeking out. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, that the reason that I became so enthralled with this theory was in my very first class with Bob Keegan, when he talked about how this is all about the importance of letting another person know that their experience matters. And yeah, I still talk about this. It was, I hate to say how long ago it was, at least 35 (laughs) years. It still brings tears to my eyes. And I remember sitting there and, you know, feeling the tears coming to my eyes. And I thought, this is what I can really get into because, because it, you know, it matters. And so that's kind of the foundation of why I think this is important because it is as at its heart, the theory and the measure, the SOI are about understanding a person where they are now and how they see their own world. And so, um, you know, to understand like the, the roadmap or this theory is, you know, for both a practitioner who wants to understand a client or a, a employee or a colleague, or to try to understand yourself, it's it's like it's like we have, you know, if you have kids, we have this we have these milestones for children's development, and which are really helpful because then it helps you to say, okay, my kid is doing all of these things, and I know what's next. Um, so. It just, it's it's like, you know, kind of what to expect within the larger, you know, kind of framework. And so the same thing with this, with this roadmap is that it really helps to kind of know, you know, what's, where, what's next along this trajectory or what's normal. You know, I've had um, clients and students say, after they learn this, they say, oh my God, now I understand why this is so hard for me, you know, because Mm -hmm. I have this three-ish part of me that doesn't like conflict. So just knowing that gives them a sense that, okay, this is developmental. This is not like some flaw in my character or some, you know, because I'm, you know, stupid or because I'm not as good as somebody else about doing these things. It's because this is a developmental process and here's the way to get better at it. so it, it gives you kind of a context. It also gives a language for people to understand what they're going through. Um, and also it, it helps to give a language to what people are experiencing about other people that they find really troubling or frustrating or curious. It's like, I don't understand why this person doesn't get what I'm saying. <laughs> then when they understand that this, there's yeah. you know, this developmental trajectory, it's like, okay, that's, Mm -hmm. you know, they are here and I'm expecting them to be here. And it's a, you know, a mismatch of expectations and capacity. So, you know, I just, I think it just gives this really wonderful context for saying there are people all along this continuum and you, to know, to just have the possibility that there are all these different ways of making sense of things, it kind of, it, it kind of gives you more space to look at a person and say, okay, so how are they putting their world together? It may not yeah. be the same as what I'm yeah. doing. And so if I can just, not even knowing how it is or what stage they're at, but if I just know that they are putting their world together in a different way for me, then it makes me more curious about how they are, where they are. And then I can sort of say, oh, I was expecting them to do this, but this, you know, so, um, so I think those are some of the reasons why I think that this theory is so helpful and important. 
I love it. I mean, for people that have been on the Growing as Grownups podcast journey with us, like curiosity and empathy are two things that that the more yeah. I do work in the space, the more I realize like those things are so crucial. Yes. And I love what you're saying about the idea of we need to recognize that everybody's experience matters, that we can't expect it to be the same as ours. Right. And I think that's, it's easier when I think about it with my, my stepkids, I have two now high mm. school stepkids. Oh, and right. I, <laughs> it definitely I helps them, with my teenagers. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and I get frustrated at times because I'm like, you're, mm -hmm. you're not making sense. Like the things right. that you're doing don't make sense. This doesn't, you know, and my husband will try to appeal to their values and let's do the right thing. And, and to be able to go, okay, time out. <laughs> He's still pretty level two. Right. That's not what's going to motivate him or for the, right. the girl, right. you know, like it's all about what her friends are thinking. Yes. And so it, yes. it helps with that, right? Yes. Because I expect teenagers to be at different levels. I think it gets yes. more complicated with adults Yes. who I think you're about my age, you're about my experience level, you're about my, the same education level. Mm -hmm. And so when you're thinking about how to, how to try to figure out where other yeah. adults are on the journey, Mm -hmm. without doing subject object interviews, what right. are some of the things that we can be paying attention to mm -hmm. in, in other people around us or even in ourselves to try to yeah. figure out where we yeah. are on that journey? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that that's also a great question. <laughs> um, <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I think that, you know, the big, the first thing I think about is to when you're when you're finding yourself frustrated with somebody to think about okay so what am i expecting what are my assumptions and expectations especially and what are they not doing you know what am i expecting them to do that they're not doing so you know to get clear about that so you know maybe i expect someone to be able to take their own perspective and not just you know say well this is what this guy says so that's what it's that's the way it's got to be and then I think okay so that's my expectation they're not doing that so maybe that's not something that they're able to do yet um so so I you know the first thing is to look at what your own expectations are um Did my own expectations give me insight to to my level well they can um I think it's really hard. But you know, it, <laughs> with this theory, it's re, it, you know, it's almost like the 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 answer to every question is it depends. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I was learning this, you know, like a billion years ago, I just remember walking down the street and like interviewing myself, you know, like what bothers you the most about this, Nancy? Why does that bother you the most? Like, you know, so, you know it's just like driving myself crazy. Yeah. Um, so it kind of depends on the, you know, the, the capacity that you have to take a perspective on yourself. Um, Which maybe but, for people who are further on the journey, they can do that, but earlier yes. stages, that's maybe asking a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, sense. you know, I, I, it's, yeah. That depends. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I pulled you off track. So you were talking about how, when we get frustrated, we look at our own expectations of, of what the other person um, is or isn't doing yeah. and compare those yeah. to them. Okay. Yeah. Keep going with that yeah. thought. So that's, yeah. So, so, um, you know, take my own son when he was younger, he, he has this incredible analytical intellect. And I would very often get so sort of caught up in that, that I would, I would make assumptions about the way that he could take a perspective on things. And so I would think that he's more kind of emotionally, uh, you know, as, as advanced as his intellect. Well, no. <laughs> you know? And I would get caught up in that. It was like, wait a second, you know, so... So it really is about what am I expecting that they're not doing? Um, and then the other thing is, you know, if, if it's an employee or a, a client or friend, 
you know, where are they hesitant? You know, what do they not want to do? Because that will often tell you what, what, what feels, you know, each, each level of development has a different set of vulnerabilities. And, you know, for shorthand, we can, you know, look at the socializing and the self-authoring stage three and stage four. Um, but there's so many nuances and, you know, the transitions in between. But in general, as you were talking about your stepdaughter, the stage three is a lot about what people think of me. Um, but we, you know, there are adults who were in their 50s, 60s who are making sense at that level. Um, sure. So it may show up a little bit differently than it does in a high school kid. Um, <laughs> so where was I going with that? The what people, the hesitancy that here. people, <laughs> what right, hesitancy right, right. people. Okay, so, so yeah, so if someone is really hesitant to give critical feedback to, to you know, their partner, their, you know, uh, employee or, you know, whatever, you know, that's something like, okay, so what's going on there? What's hard for you about giving critical feedback? And, you know, maybe about, I don't want to hurt their feelings, um, I don't want them to be mad at me. So that could indicate more of a kind of sort of a socializing mindset. Um, you know, they could also say, I don't want to hurt their feelings, but on the other hand, they really need to know this so they can be better. So that sort of tells you that, you know, maybe it's not just the socializing mindset, but there's another, you know, there's some more, uh, there's another perspective going on. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can't always tell, and, you know, we'll talk more later about not being able to, you know, make generalized assumptions, but, but you can get ideas or, or, you know, sort of a generalized sense about, are they comfortable sort of challenging an authority or not? Are they comfortable engaging in conflict or not? Um, what do they do when they're in conflict? And, you know, so those are the kinds of things that you can start to see where they're their sticking point is and also your own you know like conflict is a big issue um and i actually have uh we'll talk about this at the end but i wrote a paper with a colleague called the self in conflict looking at what conflict looks like at each one of these stages so mm. you know so that's something that really pulls on on people's you know vulnerabilities and yeah. um you know, you can understand a lot about someone from the ways that they look at conflict, whether it's, yeah, it's really hard, but it's really necessary. It's the only way you really get to, you know, understand another person's perspective or I hate conflict. I avoid it at all cost. you know, and then there's everything mm -hmm. in between yeah. or, you know, sort of at the more um, concrete level, it's, the, you know, a, a, a conflict is because you're doing it wrong and I'm right, you know, so... <laughs> you know, it's as simple as that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, one thing that we talk about when we're teaching this model um, is, is the, the challenge that you can't take any one behavior yes, and say, because they did this, you could do any behavior right. from any level. Yes, exactly. It's, it's what's going on in their head that makes it, yes. that yes. determines. And that's the hard thing. And especially when you layer in values, um, yeah, you know, yeah. it's, it's easy to think people with good social norm values are like mm -hmm. level four, even higher level stages of level three, but then people with like selfish values who value power and wealth and success are lower levels, but it's like, you can, we just were listening to a, a story about a, 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 level two person who had all the right values, but it's like, mm -hmm. Ooh, with enough, with enough time that starts to unravel, but it just makes it tricky. And I think yeah, that's one of the things I find most complicated is behavior doesn't tell you anything. And so that kind right. of leads into my next right. question that you started to get at is, mm -hmm. are there questions? Cause I find, and, and you tell me if this is true or not, that asking specific types of questions or targeted questions Mm -hmm. helps me get a better sense more than mm -hmm. observing behavior. And you, you yes. already said a couple, which was 
um, you know, what's hard about that for you? Mm -hmm. Or Mm -hmm. when asking yourself, why does that bother me? So what, what do you think about like questions and, and what kind of questions are helpful at at kind of peeling back the behavior that somebody exhibits to understand Mm -hmm. what that Mm -hmm. behavior is meaning to them? Right. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, there are, there are the kind of SOI questions that you can ask, like, what did that mean to you? And what was most important to you in that? Mm-hmm. Um, and what are you listening for with those kinds of questions? Well, I, what I'm listening for is what kind of perspective they can take on their own behavior and thinking. Um, you know, in the very generalized way, again, you know, if someone says, well, because those are the rules, then, and if they can't sort of explain any more than that, then that would tell me something that there's, you know, a pretty concrete, literal understanding of what they're supposed to do. Um, so it really is about the kind of perspective that they can take. You know, how, how much responsibility do they take for their own behavior? Um, can they say, yeah, that probably wasn't such a good idea, but here's why I did it. Or can they, you know, is it more, um, I don't know why I did it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's so many things, but um you know, when it's just about behavior, I mean, yeah, it's like, you know, what was your thinking behind that? Mm-hmm. And I can imagine conversations that leaders have with their employees all the time that could go beyond those kind of the, the typical conversations they have and, and kind of get at that. Why yeah. is that important to you? What's hard about that for you? What are you worried about? Any of those mm-hmm. kind of... Mm-hmm. Yeah, making questions. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, I mean, a good SOI question is what are you most worried about? Because that makes Mm -hmm. them kind of dig into not just what they worry about, but what's most, you know, kind of helps get down more into the core of things. Um, And, you know, kind of more general questions about, um, you know, how to try to understand where someone's coming from. I mean, you you asked me earlier to think about, you know, if you're interviewing a, a potential, uh, like a candidate for a position, you know, to ask someone how comfortable or not are you giving critical feedback, you know, and receiving critical feedback? Um, how do you deal with conflict, mm-hmm. you know? Um, what happens when something that you feel very strongly about, someone disagrees very strongly? How do you engage with that person around that disagreement? Um, you know, those kinds of things that get at, you know, how many perspectives can you take and hold at the same time? I mean, I think that that really perspective taking capacity is really kind of at the heart of what you're looking for. Um, Mm, That's really good. Yeah. So all the examples you just gave are asking people to kind of put themselves in these tense situations, right? Conflict, disagreement. Yeah. Is, does it work on the other side to to kind of unpack values or, you know, kind of the idea of what is success to you or what does, Mm -hmm. what's your idea of leadership or those kinds of things can that give, it seems like that might be easier for people to give kind of the, the textbook answer, but. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, you know, that's one of the, that's one of the things that is hard. I mean, when you, when you ask about a tense or a, a, vulnerable situation you you it it gets at where people feel most vulnerable and that's kind of where you get i mean yes you can get it but you also run the risk as you said of getting the textbook you know uh, leadership is blah 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 you know and then you have to sort of say well how do you know that you know how do you know that this is the best way to do something Mm -hmm. um 
it's one of the things that I have come to understand is that we don't that 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 conflict in these these um, vulnerable tense situations are what make us grow. Because if everything's comfortable and nice, then there's no challenge. You know, I mean, you know, Keegan talks about that growth is about the, the optimal balance of challenge and support. That if there's no challenge, there, there's no impetus to do anything different. Um, and on the other hand, if, there's, if it's over-challenging and there's no support, then you, you get really very easily kind of overwhelmed and, and uh, discouraged and you just tune out. So. Um, so as much as we might not like those really, you know, difficult conversations and difficult moments, that's where, you know, you're kind of forced to stretch your meaning making capacities to, to, you know, to make it bigger so that you can fit this contradiction that right now is kind of ripping you apart. Yeah. So that's getting way off. <laughs> no, but it's so good. And it, it, I mean, it supports so much of what we talk about with our clients and on this podcast is that the challenging opportunities we face in life are what give us the opportunity for growth because it yes. does say yeah. the way I'm making sense of the world right now isn't working. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And, and take advantage of that. But I do want to ask you then on the support piece. If I'm a coach or if I'm a boss and I have an employee that I can see is in one of these vulnerable situations, something's being asked of them that is beyond their current kind of, as you said, in the last podcast, their center of balance, Mm -hmm. we're kind of pushing them off. What can we do to support growth? And let's, let's kind of focus it maybe in that three to four transition, because that is where it seems like so many people, at Mm -hmm. least that, that I work with and that the Lyceum works with. Yeah. I have my favorite questions, but I, I'd love to learn from you. What kind of support can we give that doesn't take away the challenge, but doesn't knock them completely over? Right. Well, I like to start with what they feel strong and comfortable with. You know, like you're you have you're great with people. You have a good sense of empathy, and you know you really want to help them. So this is you know someone who's in that three to four transition. Um, you know, and then sort of say, and that is also, you know, that's one of your greatest strengths. It's also kind of getting in your way of being able to provide feedback that might help that person, you know, go a step farther. Um, so now I'm getting confused. Did you ask the question about how I would help a client do that or how I would help? (laughs) Okay. What? Yeah, like what advice would you give to, a, to people that are coaching, which I'm assuming would right. be also in line with what you would do? Yes, yes, yeah. I mean, you know, again, you want you want to going back to that that their experience matters. You want to let that person know that their experience matters. That you notice that they're struggling, mm-hmm. and that their struggle tells you something important about them. It tells you what they're good at, and it tells you what they're not very comfortable or confident in what they're good at. But if that thing that they're not comfortable with is something that is a necessary part of their position or their job, then you know we need to find a way to, to help you be able to do that. And so you know we create scaffolds. So you start with something that you're really good at that you feel like, yes, you know, this is this feels authentic to me. This feels where I can do my best work. And so how do you start with that uh, kind of basis and, you know, and then take the next step? And, you know, depending on where they are, the next step is going to look really different. You know, so can you say they have, you know, they're right in the middle of that transition. So there's some self-authoring running and there's some um, socializing running, then it's like, so how can you use that, your independent self-authoring voice to kind of help you be a little more, you know, direct in your communication, you know? So you really care about people, but you're maybe not communicating in the most direct way. So how can you, you know, kind of use those two things to 
um, to kind of make your communication that much more effective. I like that. And I, I have never thought about that strategy in terms of somebody's um, vertical development. And we teach that a lot in terms of personality. Like how do you, mm -hmm. how do you leverage your personality strengths and preferences to do the right. things that are naturally hard for you, but uh, to, to use kind of their perspective taking ability also, I think is a, a good yeah. addition. Sounds mm -hmm. like it's minimizing mm -hmm. it a little bit, but. Yeah, well, I think that, you know, what I have said a lot is that it feels good to grow, mm -hmm. you know, and people who are kind of paying attention and they're struggling, when they get a sort of a toehold on something that works better, it feels really good. You know, I mean, we're not like kids who say, oh, yay, look, I can reach the faucet now or something, you know, but there is, there yeah. is a kind of sense in there. And I probably said this with Keith too. There is a sense in there that like, oh my God, this is great. You know, it's like opens yeah. up this whole new world. Like now I can, you know, engage in conflict without feeling like I'm going to implode. So, so for someone who is struggling with that, to have a sense like there's a part of me that knows exactly how to do it, but I'm afraid to do it. But, but if I understand, mm -hmm. going back to the first question you asked, if I understand this roadmap, then I see that that part of me that knows what to do is actually growing. And I can, I can leverage that or I can support mm -hmm. myself in that. And, you know, so, so there's, a, there's a kind of, innate motivation to keep going and I think that's you know when when you when you understand where a person is and what their what their developmental struggle is then then they feel like wow I can take this and I can do something with it you know I sort of know like I know why this is really hard for me. And I know that I, that this is where I can go with it. So, you know, you can set up little practices, you know, where, where you can help a person uh, start to say no more mm. instead of feeling like they're obligated to do something. So it's, you know, it, it's kind of giving them permission to, to think about, you know, what, if I didn't worry about this other part, what would I do? And then how can I help myself, you know, so you really start an internal conversation yeah. with the person about how I can set up my own scaffold. Yeah. I mean, that it's, it's part of the way that we work with our clients with what we call the growth gap tool and taking small mm -hmm. steps, which is an yes. adaptation yeah. of the four columns exercise. Mm -hmm. um, right. But this idea of naming the assumptions, which are for the most part, rooted in a fear of, I'm assuming yeah. if I do this, bad things could yes. happen and then yes. testing it in a safe way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and I love when I hear stories of people who come back and say, oh, that wasn't as scary as I thought it was going to be. Right? right. But, right. but when fear just lives inside of us, it seems so powerful. Yeah. 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 And, you know, just, and, and all of these developmental levels have different kinds of fear you know so the fear that someone feels at in a full socializing mindset is very different from the fear that someone that you know full self-authoring feels and you know somebody full self-author they still feel plenty of fear it's just a different kind it takes a different shape yeah so and that's why i think it's so important for people to understand this and mm -hmm. um Bob talked about this a whole lot in his episode is is the two parts of growth the excitement of growth and the fear of the way he talked about it is the fear of dying. Exactly. Um, and it's, <laughs> yeah. it's what I always say. It's why new year's resolutions don't work because we mm -hmm. just think about the fun of the growth and we don't go, but why have you been struggling with that for so long? Yes. And the power that comes with naming both mm -hmm. the fear. Yes. And the, the growth vision that I have mm -hmm. and, and how mm -hmm. much more powerful that is. So, yeah. Yeah. I think it's yeah. just, or people have heard it, but I just don't think people can hear it enough because it's so much easier to just think about, oh, I want to get bolder. I want to be more confident in conflict. Cool. Right. 
Yeah. But those fears are still going to say, run away, run away. Right. Danger <laughs> zone. Do <laughs> <laughs> Danger. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. let me ask you this, right? What we do is, is so complicated, right? Mm -hmm. and, and all of your, it depends. I love it because it just shows that this is not easy work. Mm -hmm. um, but, but part of what we want to do is empower people to know the model, to take steps, mm -hmm. to, to use what they can. Right. But there's, there's a little risk of becoming an armchair expert, right? Yes. The, yes. the, I've yeah. had clients who come back, we teach, we teach our leader level model. And then I hear reports that they're sitting in the office going, you're being so level two. I'm like, I don't think that's how we went. So I yeah, know this is something yeah. that you have thoughts about too, but yes, but we've talked about the, the advantages of understanding how adults grow in this developmental model and all of these things. What are the things that we need to be cautious of as we, mm -hmm. as yeah. we even, and our listeners try to take this out and use it to help themselves and others grow? Right. Yeah. I think, you know, that's a huge question and it's one of the things that I kind of rail against like every person I work with <laughs> it's you know because on one hand it's a really it's a context that helps us understand and we like to understand things you know people in general like to be able to put a label on something because then you can sort of have a relationship to it you can say mm -hmm. okay I know what yeah you are I know what that is um you know, that's why we have all this taxonomy, you know, because I want to know what kind of bird that is. And I want to know <laughs> what, what kind of tree that, you know, it's all of that stuff. Yeah. It, it, so, you know, and that's a really good thing. Where I think the problem comes is that once we identify that, we like to sort of say, okay, that's the way it is. You know, you like to solidify it so that, you know, so that, you know, it, it, it's like, it gives me this sense of, of solidity and comfort in the world that I know how to categorize these things. But the problem is it doesn't allow for people to grow. Hmm. And it also, you know, like you're saying that people come back and say, you're acting so level two. Well, you know, it's also the same as, oh, you know, that person is just like totally a two. I mean, that drives me nuts because they are not a two. You know, it's not, yeah. the number does not define the person. Right. The number is a code to tell us about how this person is making sense. But once we say, oh, that person's a two, everything that we see and think and say about that person goes through that lens of mm -hmm. they're a two and this is what twos do. And then that person has lost all of their personhood and they become this projection of my own assumptions and wow. um biases and all kinds of yeah. stuff so it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy yeah yeah and and as much as this theory is about helping people to understand or no, letting people know that their experience matters doing that kind of dehumanizes them and saying it doesn't matter because i figured you out and this is yeah. what you are to me which is the opposite of that and you know with a hierarchical stage theory that's a really easy thing to slip into yeah and so you know i see a lot of danger in that and and i you know to a certain extent there's nothing that you can do people were going to take this theory in as they do and they're going to use it the way they do but what i am passionate about and committed to is saying this is not about defining or prescribing people. This is about describing the way that they see the world, the way they make sense of things so that you can then work with them better, not judge them more. <laughs> and, you know, so the hierarchical thing gets, it, it, it's a double-edged sword because, yeah. um, you know, everything in nature is hierarchical things that grow, it's a hierarchical process. It gets more complex as it grows. There's, you know, and there's nothing, you know, it's like an acorn turns into an oak tree. There's nothing more 
valuable about an oak tree than there is about an acorn. But, you know, so it, it just, people get into this thing like, oh, you're making judgments about people. But it's not that. It's about understanding, you know, again, <laughs> sort of geeking out again here. But it's really yeah. about how, how, how well is this person able to to live and work within the context and the various social contexts that they are. And if they're not, then there's, you know, the, the balance, the mis there's a mismatch, which is not good for anybody. And so this is, you know, intended to help people, yeah. you know, find a better balance and a better fit. And so, um, I mean, it, it goes to me, what I'm hearing you say is it goes back to empathy, but yes. more than that, this idea of kind of checking your motives, right? Am I wanting to yeah. yes. understand where somebody is so that I can validate their experience more completely and help them figure out what the right next step for them is? Or am I mm -hmm. trying to figure out where they are on the journey to put them in a box to label them and, and I can't even imagine that that could be done in a way that isn't some sort of self-benefiting process right. of right. Yeah. you, if I'm labeling you number level two, it's probably because I think I'm level four and I'm better than you. Right. And so, mm -hmm. right. Right. It, you know, it goes back to, is it about helping people caring about their experience, mm -hmm. really creating that connection. And, and I, yeah. I love that, yeah. that you have made that point so passionately that it's, it's not really a better or worse. It's just a, right. an understanding. Yeah. Yeah. And it also works at the other end where, where people who know this theory can understand it's the, you know, it's like, oh, I think I must be level five because I, you know, because I care about everybody in the world and I, you know, have this fairly inclusive worldview, so I must be there. And that's not any good either because then you're, you're not, it's like you can't grow if you're, if you're not grounded where you are. Mm. Um, Again. And so if you think that you're somewhere where you're not, then you're spending all of your time, time to prove to yourself and everybody else how evolved you are. And, you know, it, it's kind of obvious that you're not. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that sounds like you're probably level three, if that is what you're doing. <laughs> well, who knows, you know, I, but so it's, it's really, it's a challenge to get away from that, the sort of judgmentalness of, you know, the higher is better yeah. dilemma. And, you know, if you want to be a world leader, it is better to be a more complex, have a more complex mindset, but that doesn't mean you're any more valuable a person. Mm, I love that. So, and to me, it's growing, growing is better, right? Yes. It's, Yes. It's better to be a person who's at a lower stage who is growing than a person at a higher stage who sat down and said, I'm good. <laughs> I don't need to go anymore. I'm level four. Great. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I know how things work now. Yeah. I figured yeah. out who I am. Yeah. So yeah. Nancy, as we kind of wrap up, um, what resources would you recommend for people who do want to continue to learn more and study this? And, you know, I guess as a, a subset of that, if, if there are people who, and I've, I've had a couple of people ask me over the years, like, how do they get trained in subject object interview? How do they learn more about that? And then what resources for people who do want to understand, how do mm -hmm. I understand other people? How do I understand myself? How do I keep growing? What are the things that you love for yourself and to share with the people that you're working with. Yeah. Well, um, first of all, I'll give a little plug. I do teach people how to do the interview. Um, okay, so we can send them straight to you and we gave them your yes. contact information last time. Yes. So perfect. Yeah. yeah, no, I have, I have some colleagues and we have a, it's a, uh, it's a long program, but it really, because it's important. I mean, this is a, it's a challenging, difficult 
theory to learn and it's even harder to do the assessments. It really is. And it's so worth it. It's very time consuming. It's very work intensive, but I mean, I just, I think it's so important. I just love it. And so I mm. get a lot of uh, energy and happiness from, <laughs> from, uh, from training people. So yeah, so they can get in touch with me. Um, and, you know, the book that I still love the most is Bob Keegan's The Evolving Self. Mm. And, you know, people say, oh my God, it's so hard to slog through that. And I agree. <laughs> But the way he is so careful with language and words mm. that if you just slow down and read it, it just, it's just beautiful, you know? And um, In Over Our Heads is also good because it kind of explains the whole uh, expectation of society for people to be somewhere where they're not. Um, so, you know, that's a really good book too to kind of see the how this looks in the bigger world. Um, You referenced a paper that you wrote. Is that something that people can oh, access yeah, somewhere? Yeah. Um, it's called The Self in Conflict. If you can find it you and send have... me the link, we can yeah, link it I could send to you it on link, our or website. Or I could send you the, the uh, I could actually send you a copy. Oh, or yeah. Could we put that on our website for people absolutely. to download? Yeah. Yeah. yeah perfect. Yeah. We'll put that yeah, on the Growing Grown Ups that... website. Yeah, that would be great. Um, I think, I mean, I'm really proud of that article because I think that you know, there's there's the content that we make sense of, and then there's a structure that with how we make sense. And conflict is a, like I said earlier, it's a really it's a it's a juicy content. Mm -hmm. And I think this kind of it lays out how the same content is made sense of differently. So I think it gives people a, a you know, kind of a real sense of how these stages actually look in real life. Mm -hmm. I'm excited to read it. So that'll be great. Yeah, I'll send it to you. Well, Nancy, so fun. I appreciate it. Is there anything else as we wrap up that you think would you'd love to share with our listeners? Words of wisdom, advice, words of warning? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I've given a lot of those already. Uh, one thing that I am excited about is that the those colleagues that I'm working, you know, that we have the training session for the SOI, we're also putting together kind of a supervision course for uh, coaches. Mm -hmm in terms of using the SOI as a tool in the coaching to help, you know, kind of, um, you know, help their clients grow. So it's, it's gonna be a real hands-on, you bring in an interview from a client and then we go through it and talk mm, about how, you know, where are, the, where are the places where you can really, you know, set up a scaffold here and, and how, what are the content areas that you could really help? So that's something that I love doing, I'm really, you know, in my own work, that's, that's what really, you know, turns my lights on. So, oh, I love it. That sounds amazing. Yeah. We're still just, you know, putting it together, but hopefully that's going to come together soon. And, uh, you know, I can let you guys know when it's, yeah, when it's ready and people want to have a look. That'd be great. Hey, you may find me in your class. So uh, <laughs> you may get to hang out. I love that. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's so fun, Sarah. Thank you so much. I just, I, as you can tell, I, I get so energized talking about this that it, it's really fun for me. So, oh, awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. You have been more than generous, and I hope that our people come and and check out your work, and maybe you'll get I to train so some of the growing as grown up listeners. Make sure listeners, if you guys are interested, tell Nancy you came from us. That'd be super fun. Yes, great. Thank All you. Right. Have a great rest of your day, Nancy. Thank you. You too. Sarah, what a fun interview with Nancy. Um, again, I just, there's something, and again, I don't know if this is going back to like, um, I wasn't a child, but like my childhood, but just hearing her voice makes me happy. Just Aww. the way that, the way that she laughs about things <laughs> and the way that she listens, and then there's a pause and then she'll laugh and then she'll say, yeah, it's kind of like that, right? It's kind of, it was so much fun for me to hear, but I tell you, one of the early kind of takeaways in, in y'all's conversation was just the, a great clear reminder that we are not the same. 
right? For developmentally, we may be at similar levels and there may be some similar sort of uh, elements of the way that we're making sense of the world, but we're still different. And, and you and I have talked and mentioned on several podcasts in the past, the importance of meeting others where they are and not getting them to meet um, us where we are. And, um, but Nancy brings such a, a almost a, a mission or passion um, to this that, that almost like if we're, if we're using constructive developmental theory, if we're using vertical development or leader levels for anything other than making people's lives better, mm. we're misusing it right. in a way. Right. So I don't know what, you know, as you listen back to what's, and, and as you did it, what's, what stood out to you the most? I mean, it, it's a continuation of what you just said, which is Nancy's passion that is so evident about the reason she is so drawn to this and so invested in this all comes back to making sure that people know that their experience matters. And, and so like just the, the sense of like, I know you, I see you, I want to understand you, the, the amount of care and compassion that is in that mentality obviously resonates to me because of my personality and my mm. orientation in life and, and you as well. But just this idea of by understanding this, this model, by trying to figure out where somebody is on the journey is not at all to label somebody or to even like understand their behavior, but it's to say, I want to understand you so I can come alongside you on the journey that you're on and help you take the next step. And so this idea of, um, and it, it we talked about it in the interview, but it's not even just leaders in an organization, but it goes to parenting, it goes to friends, sure. any relationship where you are invested in somebody to say, I want to understand where you're coming from in your experience and then work with you to scaffold a plan going mm. forward, starting with what it is that you are bringing to the table that you're good at, that you're comfortable with, that you're strong at and saying, okay, if this is what you have to leverage, how do we leverage that? in order to help you take that step that seems overwhelming and scary. Yeah. And I think one thing that Nancy and I talked about after the recording that she's like, oh, shoot, I should have mentioned this, is she talks about the, the growing feels good. It, it's fun and it feels good to grow. But she said, that's not also honoring what, what Keegan talked about of it's scary and it can feel like a death. And so the both and nature of when you're first starting out, it feels so scary and you need that scaffolding to keep you safe. Mm -hmm. But once you, she talked about, once you get a, a toehold in where you're growing, it is fun. And you're like, Oh, this isn't as, as scary as I thought. There's actually a lot to be gained if I keep going in the momentum. And so she wanted me to, to recognize that she also agreed with Bob that it's really scary and it feels good. <laughs> yeah. And it's, and growth begets growth. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've, I've, I've seen that forever in our programs that growth begets growth. And when you start to break free a stuckness that has been in place for a really long time, that is energizing and it gives you hope and it, and it realizes that the assumptions that you hold about what will happen if you do or don't do something are a lot of times just assumptions. And y'all's conversation around that was really fun for me as well. Mm -hmm. um, I tell you, one of the things that really jumped out at me um, in kind of a new way was this idea that at each level, we have our own vulnerabilities, yeah. right? We have our own, our, our own fears and it's a different set of fears. And, and there was a real tangibility to that in terms of meeting people where they are maybe understanding the model deeply enough that you know the right questions to ask, right? And we can talk if you want in a minute about kind of, again, what I've always called the superlative nature of questions, what's most hard about that or, or what's most important yeah. um, to you. But to tap into this idea that those vulnerabilities um, and those fears and the things that hold us in place differ for each of us, not only depending on kind of who we are and how we're built, but where we are on this vertical journey yeah. and where we are in our maturity. And one of the things that struck me is 
you know, we, we've had clients um, who have taken this and, and they have fun with it, right? They have, and for the most part, it's good natured fun. Things like I'm about ready to go, I'm getting ready to go all level two on you or, <laughs> or things like that. But folks, and, and those of you that I'm talking to, you know who you are. Some of you kid harder than others. And there's a little more bite in your kidding. And one of the things that I thought of that you guys didn't say, I thought, what if we treated the people around us when we're in the middle of the vertical journey, mm -hmm. the same way we would want them to treat our children, mm. right? Because I know that when I'm with my child and I understand a vulnerability that they have that I've long since grown past, right? That, um, that I treat that with tenderness and care. I am not like, oh, that is so immature. That's so dumb. <laughs> and yet, right. Sarah, when we get in a room of adults, even if we recognize that there's earlier career, later career, even though we recognize there's stages, a lot of times we fall into this trap of say, we're all grownups here, but we're not all grownups at the same place. I think if this series has made anything more clear than we've already tried to make it, it's that very thing. Yeah, and something else that she brought up at, at the end of our conversation that I know she talked about with you once you guys stopped recording is this idea of the hierarchical mm. nature of mm -hmm. the model, that there is this progression. And we just had somebody the other day get kind of emotionally reactive to us kind of posing that, you know, level two as an adult is is not effective at best and destructive at worst. And that level five is um, kind of the, the ultimate destination. But I think she made a really great point that it's, it's not their value as a person, right? There is no difference in worth as a human being, but it's a matter of the person environment fit. So if somebody is level two, they can fit really well in an environment where they are doing certain tasks or meeting certain expectations that are more about kind of clear black and white, do what's expected of me and get rewarded. Mm -hmm. But as she said, if you're looking for someone to be a world leader, the complexity that's required with that, you need somebody with the more complex perspective of the world. And so, you know, she makes the point that it's like everything in nature, that there is this progression and I think progression is better, a better word than hierarchy per se, but, you know, she talks about the acorn versus the tree and an acorn, it has a purpose that it does really well. And every oak tree comes from an acorn, but you can't make a table out of an acorn, right? Yeah. If you're trying to make a, a table, you need the more complex, yeah. mature version of, yeah. of that cycle. Mm. So I just thought that was an interesting thing and something that we we hear sometimes and maybe just because we heard it two days ago I was like that's worth discussing that it's it's not in any way that your your worth as a person is determined where you are in the journey behavior is not better or worse you know it's just does the the complexity with which you can understand the world match what is required of you in your environment mm. yeah I mean this is uh, uh, again I, I don't know how you get people who are maybe not oriented this direction or fully buy into this, but I got a feeling that most of the people who would take time to listen to this podcast are already there. So I'm grateful for that. Um, but, but she said very clearly, even in this episode, she said the oak tree has no more inherent value than the acorn, right? And when we can apply that principle to the people around us, mm -hmm but recognize, and I'm kind of a landscape fan yeah. in my life. You're the and, one and, I call when I have questions about trees and shrubs. And, and the way I take care of a sapling or a young tree that we've just put in is very different than the way you begin to take care of and prune a tree that is beginning to grow and take shape, which is very different than the way you care and take care of an oak tree that is maybe 80 or 100 or 150 years old, it's, it is, um, all of them get treated differently. They all do different things. And, but, but for me, the, the value in not just saying, well, hey, I'm a sapling, 
right? And the value in saying, I need to grow is I don't think parenting, work, society, politics, pick a, pick a topic. None of it's getting simpler. I mean, it's all getting more complex mm -hmm. at a rate that is hard for us to keep our arms around. And so the idea that we would push ourselves, that as Nancy said so well, there's, an, there's a part of the great thing about understanding the roadmap and the SOI interview is you can almost begin to SOI interview yourself. Like when Nancy <laughs> was saying, man, when I'd just be walking down the street and I'd be thinking about, am I, well, why did I do that? Why did I say that? What was most important to me about that? Yeah. Is that, is that the whole reason Sarah and I are even doing this podcast um, is because we want us to grow and we want accelerated growth. We don't want to just wait for the growth that's going to happen if life beats us up enough. Yeah. But how can we get ahead of that curve? Because the complexity in every aspect of our life is only increasing. And as she said, this, you know, Keegan's book on In Over Our Heads, The Mental Demands of Modern Life did such a good job explaining that all of us, to some degree, are feeling in over our heads. What's being demanded of us is more than a lot of times the way we're making sense of or constructing reality in the world or understanding of ourself. It's, it exceeds that. Yeah. I think that reminds me of the the last thing that stood out to me in her and what she said that I just love that is kind of what I want to hold on to is she said, you can't grow if you're not grounded where you are, right? If I'm spending all of my time trying to convince you that I'm an 80 year old oak tree and look at all my leaves and look how they're changing colors and they're so great. And I'm really just a young sapling. I'm not going to grow because I'm not doing what needs to be done. And so if we can't be honest with ourselves about where we are on this journey, we're not going to be able to grow because we're not going to have the right next steps. Yeah. And so just this idea of like, it's complex, all these things, but just start with trying to gain that awareness of where am I so that I can grow because that's, that's the goal is we want we want people to continue to grow and evolve and keep up with the world so that they can keep making contributions. Yeah. And we talked about this on other episodes, but there are, I mean, just happiness, satisfaction, well-being, not to mention effectiveness. And I love that you drew special attention to this point. It's not getting to some places as, as though it's a destination. The real joy and it comes in the growing. Yeah. So start wherever you are right now on the journey, the quicker you can acknowledge that and begin to put things in place, I think um, it's better. Uh, one thing before we close this segment out real quick is that, um, you know, I'm sure you guys heard it in the episode, but um, I think Nancy gave us a lot of encouragement to maybe as we're trying to um, uh, really understand what matters to people, that there are better and worse questions to get there, right? Mm -hmm. And the more that you can start thinking about how do I get at the thing that's not easy for them, what's most hard, what's most difficult, what is, um, what's most important to them, this kind of the, those superlative questions, but, but also the idea of getting to the more difficult things like not shy away from tell me more about that conflict yeah. as opposed to tell me more about where you want to go in your career. Right. And, and yeah. I love the way you ask those questions around that. And folks, for those of you that are coaches that listen to this podcast, for those of you all that have a really strong coaching mindset, I would encourage you to look into the program that Nancy and her colleagues are building. Um, to really go in depth about understanding the model and the and the and how to do the interview and how to assess this more accurately, um, and just feel free to reach out to her. She's opened that door. Ways to get in touch with her will be in the show notes. Yeah, if you go to growinggrownups.com, we'll have her email address. I don't. We may probably won't put it in the show notes because that's a lot of public access to her email address. But um, go there. Also, you know, in this in the spirit of really taking the effort 
to understand where people are coming from. While you're on their website, go to our resources page and we have the self on the shelf guide that really can help you learn how to listen to people differently, to pull back and get to what really matters to them. And we, we talk about it a lot in the context of seeking feedback, but it is great in these kind of situations where it's like, I really want to understand where you're coming from in a, a good way to listen through that process. Yeah. Listening in a self on the shelf way. Um, little secret for you guys just gets people to say more yeah. than they would have said otherwise. And so a uh, great, great companion reference to this. It fits just totally hand in glove with this. So um, listen, I think on the next episode, I think Carl Kuhner and I are going to try and have a conversation that pulls these four episodes together. And um, we'll look for your look forward to your wisdom to interpret what Carl and I may have actually said. <laughs> that will be a big undertaking. <laughs> it will be a big undertaking. All right, guys. Until next time, journey well. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Growing as Grownups. Take a second and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any future episodes and tell your friends. You'll find all of the goods related to this episode, including the transcript, videos, links, and other ways we can help you keep growing as a grown-up on our website, growinggrownups.com. Growth isn't easy, but it's completely within your reach. Until next time, journey well, friends.